And good morning. It's time now for All You Ever Wanted to Know. I am Jordan Patswold, and joining me in studio is Janelle Mayer from the Churchbridge area. Janelle, it's good to see you once again. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me here, Jordan. Oh, it's uh, great to have you. Like I said, uh, back with us because it was a little over a year ago, I want to say, right around a year ago. Yep, very close. S- very close to a year, yes, where you were getting set to embark on an adventure of a lifetime. Well, now you're back from said adventure of a lifetime. So uh, welcome again back. Thank you. Well, for starters, let's uh, take us back to the beginning. How did this opportunity all present itself? And who was it that you got to go on this awesome trip with? Well, I went on a nine-month missions trip with Action International Ministries. And they have a program where they can teach you how to use the fine arts. They can teach you how to use drawing and drama and music and dance and illusions and puppets in presenting the gospel. And then after we taught that and we went around to some of our churches here in Canada, we were able to go overseas to Uganda for two and a half months and then to England for two months. Yeah, just incredible. Now, how did you first hear about this organization? Was it through someone else's uh, journeys and adventures with them? Did someone come speak to a youth group? How did you get introduced to this group altogether? I went to Nippon Bible College and okay. they came to the missions conference and I immediately knew I loved what they did because the arts is one way that you can capture the mind and imagination of people and you can present a message that they will remember. All right. I'm sure the next step then was, how am I going to convince mom and dad? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) How did that go? Well, by then I'd finished four years before I decided I wanted to commit to this. And while it was hard for mom and dad to let me go because I am the youngest, they both knew that it fit me too well. Mm-hmm. And they knew it, it was God's will. And if I was in the center of God's will, he, God would keep me safe. That's easily fair to say that this is definitely a type of ministry yes. uh, in what you did now was something like that, uh, something in the back of your head. Did you ever feel that call that, you know, God might be pulling me in some way to spread his word, but maybe in a different or unique sort of way? Yes, I've always loved mission stories, Mm -hmm. but I never thought I could quite be a missionary as in the traditional sense. Right. But then when I saw this, I have trained in the fine arts my whole life because I love it and it's a gift that God gave me and I love to be able to use it. And so when I saw this and this trip actually confirmed it for me that God definitely wants me to go into a ministry more like this where I can use the fine arts to present the gospel message and to present his truth to people. Mm-hmm. So uh, now you've talked to mom and dad, they've let you, I guess, proceed. What is that next step then at that point? Do you have to apply to be part of this team? Is it a matter of fundraising? Is it a little bit of both? Take us on uh, now these next steps uh, to before you left and went on the trip. Yes, I went and I applied online. Okay. And I hope they'd let me in, though I had met the people before, uh, like I said, at missions conferences. Yeah. And then I had to raise $16,500. Wow. So I put on a dessert theater Okay. where I wrote a script and had some friends help me act it out. And then we performed it and had a free will offering where many people were so very generous. Mm-hmm. And I also sent out newsletters to different people telling them what I was doing. And 
even more important, though less noticed than the financial support, is cultivating a prayer support. And so I sent out letters largely to cultivate a prayer support. Mm -hmm. And if they wanted to send me money, that was great too. And I ended up having all 16,500 in before I even left the country in November. Yeah. So God was very good. Oh, that's excellent. Janelle Merrer from the Churchbridge area joining us on All You Ever Wanted to Know, quite the adventure of a lifetime, which we're getting into. I just wanted you to go through that process, though, of, I guess, that build up to the trip and the work that was required, because it's not as simple as just saying, you know, it's something I want to do. There is a lot mm-hmm. of steps that go along the way with it, but I also know there might be someone listening out there wondering whether it's for their own kids or, hey, we, we are in the summer break now. Mm-hmm. A, a young person might be listening themselves thinking, oh, how do I get an opportunity to do something like that? So uh, if this can be that, I think that'd be just so awesome. So Absolutely. And I think yeah. one of the most important things is being willing to work. Whether it's willing to work odd jobs to get the money or willing to work to put on a a dessert theater, though that might not be your strong point. Mm -hmm. And then looking for prayer support, because if God is in control, then everything else will fall into place. Well, and something I just love from uh, the Bible with the stories that were told and when money was being talked about, the term talents, I just love that Mm -hmm. because talents are... Of course, in the English word, in that context, the skills that we have, the things that we are interested in, the hobbies, uh, what a perfect word uh, in a lot of ways to describe uh, metaphorically and literally at the same time what you can do to give to God. Absolutely. And, you know, God gives us each of those talents so that we can use them to serve him. And he wants us to be able to use the things that we love to do to serve him. And there will be opportunities if we look for them. All right. Well, time to take us back to the time to leave. Uh, Flew out of Regina, Winnipeg. Uh, Where did it all start for you? Well, in September, I left Regina to go to Calgary to train. Calgary for training. Okay. Yes. That's where their home base is. And so we learned uh, as well as ministered one alongside the other. Mm -hmm. I met my teammates, one of which I knew, one of which I did not. Okay. (laughs) And so... It was a little time of bonding, learning, training in ministry. And then after we went around and told our home churches, hey, this is us. This is what we're doing. We finally got to go overseas in November. Mm-hmm. And we went to Africa, where in Uganda at that time of year, it's very hot. Okay. <laughs> so it was a, quite a switch. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and I'm sure likely pretty warm all the time as well. Yes. Uh, but uh, whereabouts in Africa? We were in Uganda, mostly in the Kampala area. Okay. And then a little bit in islands in Lake Victoria. Okay. Uh, Tell us uh, what day-to-day life was like uh, in Africa for yourself, for your team. Uh, You had a home base, I'm guessing, or what exactly? We stayed with a pastor and his family. Okay. And he was the one primarily in charge of us. And so when we were at his house, life in general was fairly laid back. We might leave at about four o'clock in Mm -hmm. the afternoon, but then we'd also probably come back at around nine and have supper around 10. That would have been probably a change for you, hey? Oh, that was very different. (laughs) (laughs) But it was very laid back because the ministry's done in the evening after the workday. Right. And so some days we'd have two days notice. You're going to have to fill like four, six hours. Hmm. Sometimes we'd have a half hour notice for five minutes or... 
it's very flexible. Yeah. Time is a suggestion. And so that for our culture is a, quite a big uh, yeah, switch. Yeah, for sure. And then the food was also very different. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely fed lots because you're a guest and they want to honor you. Yes. Uh, yes. Probably one of the hardest things, though, for me being in Uganda on a day-to-day basis is the fact that I was white. Hmm. And I was the only white person or one of three. Well, I can recall traveling to India with a uh, organization that had doing lots of work in mm-hmm. terms of administering the gospel. But it seemed like uh, particularly the, not just the white individuals, but just from the peers seeing the white uh, female colleagues that I traveled with. Yeah, garnered definitely a lot of attention, mm-hmm. almost like you're a ghost in some ways mm-hmm. absolutely and all the kids are completely fascinated yeah they'll just be standing there yelling uh mzungu mzungu which is white person oh okay because they've never seen one or they've sure. seen very few and you you can't hide in a crowd probably not you, you have to be okay with being out there and on display all the time I suppose in a way, too, it would paint a picture of, well, for yourself, just even what maybe a minority person might feel like here in Canada. Absolutely. I definitely came to understand that concept much better being over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am still working through what to do about it, but... Yeah, no, for sure. Janiel Mayer with the Churchbridge area, uh, joining us uh, from the Churchbridge area, rather, but uh, she's now seen the world, or at least uh, <laughs> another part of it, which uh, definitely uh, is just an incredible opportunity to just uh, have, I guess, our eyes open so much more in uh, such a big way for a number of different things. Again, what was the organization, if people are listening and want to hear more about uh I guess, how they might have an opportunity to travel abroad and, I guess, administer the gospel in such a way? I was with Action International Ministries, okay. and I was with a training program called Action Ventures. You can look it up online or on Facebook, right? and you'll actually be able to see some of our posts if you go back far enough. Okay. Now, was Bible school or some training at Bible school a prerequisite for someone to be part of these teams? No, it's not. Um, Though I think it's helpful for ministry to have some grounding in the scriptures, it's not a prerequisite. Mm -hmm. And even Action Ventures, Action International, they have shorter teams as well as the long nine-month teams. So they might have ones that go for three weeks to the Philippines or or to Uganda or somewhere else or to India, like you were saying. And how long uh, were you actually in Africa once again? I was in Africa for two and a half months. Okay. And then I went to England for two months. Okay. So did uh, a number of the population actually speak English? Did you, well, obviously you did learn a a bit as well in terms of just uh, understanding what some of the kids were saying and all the rest. (laughs) What was that like language wise? Uh, They do speak another language as their traditional language, at least where we were. Mm -hmm. But one of their official languages is English. Because we were in Kampala, it's the educated center and business center of the country. So the majority of people do speak at least some English. Yeah. But even when we were speaking and talking about the gospel, there's always a translator. Mm -hmm. So you speak and then you have to wait for the translator and it goes back and forth and gets kind of confusing. I am sure. Lots of patience. Yes. And they always have a translator even if there aren't 
only English speaking people there. They almost always have a translator. Good to have as well, just with different uh, phrases, I'm sure, that don't necessarily have that word-for-word proper translation idiom phrases and such. (laughs) Well, and they always, they have a lot of tribal languages, so none of those are their official languages, but they... a lot of people speak several tribal yeah. languages. Oh, it, it's impressive, uh, absolutely. So you were under the direction of a pastor there, yes. and uh, I guess he had a congregation ultimately. Like, a, mm-hmm. was there a physical church building that you yes. often worked out of? There was a physical cement church building. Uh, we would minister in his church, oh, probably three or four or five times while we were there. But then he would also arrange for us to go to, usually uh, they call them sister churches, so churches that people from the first church went out and planted Uh another church. And so we went to a number of different sister churches or neighboring churches, either in the area or where he knew other people. Yeah. And then sometimes we actually once went on a missions trip with some people from his church to go to an island. Oh, to do a pastor's conference. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm just curious. Uh, I didn't get a chance uh, when I got to go to the other side of the world to see, like, actually a worship service. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was one thing that I wish I had gotten to see, but mm-hmm. it was a lot of touring around. There was Bible studies that we took part in, maybe the small little prayer sessions, if you will, or kids mm-hmm. would put on a bit of a talent show or something like that. But what was a worship service like in Africa, and how does that differ than what maybe you were used to here in Rural Saskatchewan. Yes. Uh, The worship services in Africa are, well, for one, they're very loud. Hmm. Their music is very, very loud. They've got huge speakers and many of them. And that's partly because then they can tell other people who are on the streets and they can maybe draw people in. And also a worship team in Africa is not complete unless you have a row of dancers. Oh. And usually it's just series of steps, but still... Dancing is very much a part of the African culture. Yeah. And frequently, the person who's singing, it'll change off who's leading, and the person up front will just start singing something, and then the pianist will start playing along and figure out what key they're in. And mm-hmm. it's a much more freestyle <laughs> of worship. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, you alluded to just visual arts, and of course, that's quite the broad spectrum. Uh, I can, I guess, mm-hmm. go in different areas, most definitely. Uh, visual arts, for me personally, at least in school, made me cringe because that meant painting and drawing. <laughs> Obviously, I, I eventually learned that it's, it is so much more than that. Uh, mm-hmm. So do all of you have to be skilled in a couple of different areas of visual arts? Was it more so focused on drama or what exactly well the unique thing about action international is they will take what you're good at okay. and they will teach you more and use that so even they've actually had people on their teams that were not artistic at all okay and they've still been able to teach them some different skills some different areas and to be honest you don't necessarily need to have previous experience with a lot of these things because they'll teach it to you Mm -hmm. and their goal is to be able to get you to present the gospel message or a part of it in a creative fashion so that other people can see it and remember yeah oh that's that's great and just being able as well 
I think we're learning more and more here in North America as well, just how uh, to really connect the gospel and just even God's word to people. It is good to have many different forms of, you know, being able to communicate that with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, some people will respond more so to a sermon. Others, it'll be the music. But now we are starting to see more and more. Sometimes it is through a dramatization, a play, particularly Mm -hmm. young people, just getting them interested. Sometimes it takes a maybe a different thing over here or something else over here to really make that connection. Yes, but if you have something that they can draw a picture between what you're doing and what you're saying, it draws the whole people in and you can begin to see and they can begin to understand yeah. what you're talking about. Well, and no greater evidence of that than even just Jesus Christ and how he spread God's word. He used illustrations. He used the parables, if you will, to prove home point. It wasn't just a case of here are your rules, go. It's that illustration to really connect with people. And those transcend through language. Uh, it helps not get lost, if you will, if there maybe was language barriers way mm-hmm. back when, when the 12 went out and started to preach God's word. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, Janiel Mayer from the Churchbridge area got to go to Africa last year and other parts of the world as well. Uh, now, uh, before we move on to the last part of it, which was England, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you probably have some kind of story that just comes from maybe you had the attitude that you're going to go over there and help these people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know when I went over to India, had that same kind of feeling that I can't wait to go help. But yet I probably learned more from them than I probably taught them. Does that make a connection for you? Did something connect for you in that way when you went to Africa? Absolutely. I've definitely heard on short that very thing on short term missions is that you learn more than you teach. And I definitely experienced that. I at first, the first week or two. I was disappointed because I thought to myself, well, I'm not learning. And I also was thinking, these guys spread the gospel better than we do. Why am I even here? But then as time went on and I met some other people, God began to show to me that there is a reason why I'm here. And these people have so much to teach us, even about willingness to serve and a willingness to participate, a willingness to share the gospel with other people. Sure. So it was really cool to be able to watch them. There's people who preach on the street corners to passing cars, and it's just amazing that they have that much love of Jesus, that they're willing to do that. Well, and so much of Western society is about what you have and Mm -hmm. how much uh, stuff you can accumulate over your lifespan. And then, yeah, there is that feeling within us as a Christian, okay, well, it shouldn't be about that. I should share all of that. But yet then you go to see something or what life is like on the other side of the world and how few possession that a family might have, but -hmm. there they are. You think you're going to feel bad for them that they have so much, but yet you almost come away almost wishing it's the other way around, right? That Mm -hmm. how they have so little, yet they have so much joy, Mm -hmm. so much faith still that there is a God who knows and loves them. It's one of those wake up calls for sure. Like, what do I have to complain about back where I'm from? Absolutely. I definitely thought of that more than once because it's just amazing. They're willing to serve even if they don't know much 
if they can only preach for one minute, they'll preach for one minute, but they're still willing to do it. Yeah. And so that was just amazing to be able to see that. So after a couple months there, was it hard to say goodbye? I was actually surprised at how hard it wasn't to say goodbye. But also at the same time, I just wanted to come home and process everything that had just happened. <laughs> right. Now, there was a stop along the way in England first? Yes, there was. Okay. So was that more, uh, I guess, more of the same of what you'd done in Africa? Was a little bit different? What? It was the same idea, but it looked completely different. Um, partly because in Africa, everything is laid back and everything is flexible. Mm -hmm. And they really don't care. If we're a woman and we're sharing the gospel, that's great. But in England, everything is, you know, they have their sermons planned out six months ahead of time and the church services. So uh -huh. we're, we were able to get in and work with a lot of kids, a lot of toddlers. Yep. And thereby minister to the toddlers' moms, which mm -hmm. are often not from, not Christians. Oh, okay. But I also found that the openness and receptiveness in Africa to the Christian message was not the same in England. In England, a lot of people believe that they are good enough on their own. And so, at least in the, the places I was, right. and so they're not as open to the gospel message. And that made it really hard to minister. Yeah. We actually tried uh, doing street performances because there's buskers all over the streets in England. And we tried doing that, but as soon as you mentioned God, people would walk away because they don't want to hear it, ah. which is really sad. Mm. But for the most part, we stayed in part of greater London. Okay. And that's where we were able to see a lot of people and a lot of people who are from the universities or people actually really from all over the world. True. <laughs> so there's a lot of different faith systems and a lot of people who weren't super open to the gospel message. Hmm. Again, our guest on All You Ever Wanted to Know is Janiel Mayer from the Church Bridge area, getting to go overseas, Africa and England. And yeah, uh, that would have been quite uh, the stark contrast. But at the same time, was there some way that God was still reaching, at least to you, your team, that, hey, uh, this is still why, well, I guess, what did God maybe tell you in some of those harder days, or did you feel like he was still there speaking to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, almost in Africa, even though we did a lot more ministry-wise, we did more hours of ministry in Africa, it mm -hmm. in many ways felt like we were spectators to the sport. But in England, even though we did far less, we were actually players on the field, if that analogy makes sense. In England, I definitely noticed that God was still very faithful. Mm -hmm. If I was not sure of what to say or what was going on, I, God was still there with us, and God was always telling us what he wanted us to do. Right. And he was always guiding us, even though... Everything was planned out far more in advance than it had been in Africa. Yeah. Now, uh, someone listening to this thinking about themselves wanting to go on this uh, adventure, something similar, uh, or even for their kids. I uh, know you talked about there was a lot of fundraising you had to do ahead of time. And what did that mean, though, once you actually got there? Was that bed always provided for you? You never had to worry about, you know, going hungry for a couple of days, things like <laughs> that was all, I guess, part of that process of when you were fundraising that ultimately that was all taken care of 
care of for you while you were gone, whether it was Calgary, Africa, mm-hmm. or England? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, because we raised the money we needed to raise, yep. and we gave it to the organization, they were able to find room and board for us in Calgary, in Africa, in England. In fact, in England, we stayed in someone's house while she was with her missionary parents in Africa. Oh, okay. So it worked out really great. We were able to team up with churches within those individual countries and to work alongside of the church, which I think is uh, one of the most helpful things that um, any short-term missions person can do is team up with the church and work with the church instead of leaving people who became Christians and leaving them with no one to talk to. Yeah. Well, obviously that you reached back out and wanted to share about this trip uh, by, I would understand uh, very much a recommendation that, hey, if uh, someone has that itch and has wanted to explore how they can maybe be uh, God's messenger in this kind of way, uh, this is a great organization to do it with. Absolutely. I think it was a great organization, especially if you like the fine arts. Mm Mm-hmm and you enjoy those kinds of things, I mean, there are many good organizations out there. I just can't speak from personal experience with all of them. Right. Uh, So more information, uh, people want to even ask you directly. Uh, Maybe we haven't covered something today. Uh, Are you willing to chat with people about uh, uh, everything that went on on your trip and some of your stories? Uh, Absolutely. Are are you going to be speaking in churches probably (laughs) to share what you took place uh, if if you're asked kind of thing? If I'm asked, I would happily speak. Mm -hmm. That's one thing God showed me is I love speaking about him on this trip. So I'd love to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. And definitely, if people want to contact me, I'd be more than happy for that. Okay. How can they do that? Well, if they'd like to phone me, they can call me 306-742-4731. That's my home number. Or if they'd like to email me, they can email me Shonda96, S-H-O-N-D-A, 96 at gmail.com. Okay, before we wrap things up today with Janiel Mayer, again from the Churchbridge area, was there a story that happened on the trip, maybe just didn't present an opportunity to, to share it on the program? You're just like, oh, I just just want to tell it. Uh, maybe I didn't ask in the right way to get that story to come out. Is there any other thing that from the trip uh, or part of it that you wanted to share before we wrap things up today? I have to admit that's really hard because there was a lot of stories and a lot of things that just made me go, wow, God, wow. <laughs> <laughs> a separate show then. Yes. Uh, sounds like it. Uh, but on, there is definitely one thing I would love to say. Go for it. And I would just love to talk about God's faithfulness because that is one thing that stood out to me over and over and over again is that no matter what we did or how faithful I was to him or if I'd been spending as much time as I should have been if I needed to ask God okay God what do you want me to say to these people what do these people need to hear from you then he would always tell me and guide me as to what to say He would always be faithful to answer the questions that were burning on my heart about what was going on because seeing Christianity in other cultures definitely causes questions to come up, which is a good thing. And he was always so faithful to answer. And that was the one thing that I came away from. And (laughs) the very last, very last performance that we did at one church, I'd been very nervous because I was speaking at the end to wrap everything up in a pretty bow and at the end 
I looked at my teammate and I was like, man, God did it again. And she looked back at me and she's like, are you surprised? I was like, huh, I guess I really shouldn't be because he's done it so many times and he's been so faithful to me even amidst all my doubts. It's been absolutely amazing. So that's definitely one thing that stood out to me so much from the trip and that I, I definitely learned a lot about on the trip was God's faithfulness. So what's next? That's a really good question. <laughs> this summer, I actually am really trying to take some time to process the trip. Sure. And also, I found when you are trying to teach other people about your faith, you realize how little you actually know. So I'm trying to study the Bible more and just try to get to know it better. And then hopefully, I really would love to go into full-time ministry somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Well, thanks for being a guest today on All You Ever Wanted to Know. Uh, again, if people want to look up more information about the organization, give it another plug. Want to get it out there. <laughs> Action International Ministries. And I went with the training division of Action Ventures, okay. which ta uses the fine arts. And you can look it up online. You can look it up on Facebook, or you can email me or call me. Or contact the radio station yep. and they know how to get a hold of me. Absolutely. So. We can definitely do that. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, great uh, story. Uh, I can easily see uh, how uh, God's using you to share his word. And it's uh, been great to have you. Thank and you so much for having me. all the best with what the future holds for you. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. All you ever wanted to know on The Rock 98.5. Until next time, have yourself a wonderful day and be blessed.